no matter how bad the present coronavirus pandemic could get, it ultimately will pale in comparison to the deadliest plague in human history. It can be comforting to put things in historical perspective. It could be worse, and just seven centuries ago, it certainly was worse. The year was 1347. The Mongol siege of the Crimean port city of Kaffa on the Black Sea collapsed from within. A devastating disease the invaders brought unwittingly from China killed them in droves and sapped the morale of those that it spared. Before the dispirited Mongols could retreat, they engaged in one last assault, deploying their wooden catapults that hurled the bodies of their dead over the walls and into the city in an early example of biological warfare. A half-century earlier, Kaffa had been purchased from the Mongols by merchants and shippers from the Republic of Genoa in present-day Italy. They turned it into a thriving trade center, but also home to one of the world's biggest slave markets of the day, until relations with the Mongols deteriorated into open warfare. When the bodies of the plague victims landed within their walls, the people of Kaffa escaped by boat and sailed to Genoa, Venice, and Pisa, along with the diseases and the rats and fleas that served as the primary carriers. In a matter of weeks, the Italian peninsula became a new epicenter of a contagion known as bubonic plague or the Black Death. It would eventually wipe out at least the third and perhaps as much as half of Europe's human population. 56,000 people died in a single month in the city of Marseille, France. Florence, Italy saw 50% of its 100,000 inhabitants wiped out. In some of the hardest-hit villages, three-quarters of the citizens perished in short order. The Black Death arrived in London in late September 1348. London was England's largest town, but was home to a mere 50,000 people crowded into a single, unsanitary square mile. The plague's toll was staggering in its dimensions. Scheduled to convene in Westminster in autumn of 1349, Parliament never did assemble. The Black Death lingered until late spring 1350 and killed between 35% and 40% of London's population, a figure that some scholars would raise as high as 50%. Since London offered excellent opportunities for social and economic advancement and was a magnet for immigrants, its population probably began to rise as soon as the plague had subsided. Still, the city would not have 50,000 people again until early in the 16th century. Today's measures to combat 
COVID-19 virus will be best assessed in hindsight. But some of them are clearly invasive and destructive of the civil rights free people cherish. A few of them may also be shown in time to have been ineffective or counterproductive in combating the virus itself. In any event, we must be vigilant or a short-term problem will be transformed into long-term tyranny. Nevertheless, responses to the Black Death in the 14th century make ours so far today seem tepid by comparison. In his riveting history, The Black Death, historian Philip Ziegler reports instances of homes of the sick being walled off, leaving the inhabitants to die inside. Bodies by the dozens, even hundreds, were buried in shallow graves, only to be dug up and spread around by wild animals. Intentional bleeding was widely regarded as a useful preventative as well as a palliative, but of course it accomplished little more than to weaken those who were subjected to it. In some benighted quarters, the ailment was blamed on unpopular minorities, such as Jews or gypsies, leading to persecutions and massacres. For hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Europeans, the treatment proved worse than the disease itself. Local government bureaucrats sometimes seized advantage of the crisis. For example, in Florence, during 1348, municipal officials stole 375,000 gold florins from the inheritances and estates of the dead. Widespread crime and disorder became the excuse to impose draconian penalties and persecution. It took four years of agony for the Black Death that started in 1347 to run its course. But it would take 200 years for the population of Europe to reach its pre-plague level. As we all look forward to the end of our current pandemic, Let's be thankful that we live in the 21st century, not the 14th.